All right, Conquer Nation, I am back. So cyclocross season is in full swing and I am learning a lot, having an absolute blast with it and um, realizing how so much is technique driven and so much of it is based on handling skills and setting up corners and mounting and dismounting the bike. Uh, I thought I was gonna be super outmatched when it came to my fitness since bike racing is so different than traditional uh, endurance sports that I've been in that have been just kind of a, you know, get up to speed and hold it there as long as you can. Uh, bike racing and cyclocross has so many, you know, sprints out of corners and ups and downs and short steep hills. And it, it's been a super, super good time and, and a blast learning all these new things and learning some new skills and fitness. My fitness is really coming along. Um, Brandon, uh, my, my coach, my coach who's doing my training plans and helping me out. Uh, he is, I'll put it actually, we're going to do another podcast with him soon and talk about some key, uh, cycling workouts. But, um, I, I'm just struggling a lot when it comes to my bike handling, cause I feel like I should be having a lot better results. I've had two races so far, um, with mediocre results, uh, about what I expected, just a little above average. Um, I think my first one, I finished six out of 17 and then, and mind you, I am in cat five, the absolute worst category you can be in and still struggling with the results. Uh, and then this last weekend I had a great race, loved the course, had an absolute blast. I got caught up in a wreck on the first lap, which kind of dashed my, my dreams of being in the top few, top five or so, but it was a field of 41 and I finished 11th uh, after my wreck. I fell, fell way back, but uh, kind of worked my way up over the laps and had my biggest power numbers of my life, which I can definitely say is due to my, my training that Brandon's been putting me through, but I am lacking in the skills department. So I got in touch with Chris Drummond, who used to live uh, here in Oklahoma City, and now he lives in Tulsa and works at a bike shop up there. And Chris is the absolute nicest guy on the planet. Uh, I can't say enough great things about Chris and his family, his wife, and his two kids are just absolutely amazing. His kids are super studs when it comes to bike racing, and I would love to have him back on and talk about what it's like raising and how to raise such um, good kids that love a sport and uh, not taking it too far. So we'll have him back on, on for something a little bit different in the future. But I wanted to talk to him about skills when it comes to cyclocross and how to improve my handling and improve uh, results. So he met me for a warm-up lap and kind of showed me a few things, how to set some corners up uh, going into it across some apexes, uh, some off-camber corners, how to take those. I was doing them completely wrong. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot of time, but in that one lap of just following his line and watching how he did things made me realize how so far bad I do things. So I wanted to sit down after my race and talk to him and get a little bit of skill practice and things that we could pass on to people uh, and when it comes to cyclocross, the things that they can work on uh, during the season, things that they can improve on when it comes to their line choices and how to handle corners and things to think about. So kind of give you a really quick rundown on Chris uh, and why you should listen to him and everything he has to say when it comes to cyclocross. Um, just reading off his results here. Uh, on his coaching page, which is Winning Edge Coaching. So go to Facebook, look at Winning Edge Coaching and get all the information you want about Chris. Uh, hit him up for some one-on-ones or he does coaching. 
He does in-person stuff, small group stuff, uh, but he will come to you uh, if that is worked out in details, but you can go to him in Tulsa and do some one-on-one -on -one stuff, but he does do coaching online, and I can't recommend Chris enough after you know, sitting down with him for 15 minutes and uh, taking one lap around the course with him and what I learned. But Chris's quick resume is, um, it was the 2017 Masters 35 to 39 Cyclocross National Champion. So he's got the Stars and Stripes jersey uh, back in 2017. He has won an Oklahoma State uh, jersey 14 different times in very in different disciplines from mountain biking to cyclocross to I believe there's some on-road stuff on there as well. Uh, he's the three-time cyclocross national championship podium. So not only did he win it in 2017, but he's been on the on the podium uh, three other times. And he is also on the mountain bike uh, marathon national championship podium. I believe that was, I think 2017, but that could be totally wrong. So uh, the dude is legit. He's as good as they get when it comes to this part of the country and uh, does it with having a full-time job and raising two amazing kids. So listen to what Chris has to say. It's a fairly short one today, but uh, check Chris out on Facebook at Winning Edge Coaching. Send him some direct messages and uh, he has some great information. I look forward to talking to you soon. Oh my goodness, I almost totally forgot and had to come back and add this in at the end. Uh, me and Chris jump straight into the conversation, so be ready to go as soon as, soon as he comes on. Uh, we don't waste much time. But also, I wanted to say that uh, we do have uh, some workout program that will be coming out uh, November 1. It's an off-season program for endurance athletes. It will all be app-based, so you can get it all through your phone take it to the gym with you. Uh, first rollout is going to be level one and a level two. We'll continue to work on a level three, which is gonna be a most advanced program uh, for endurance athletes. The first group will be uh, more designed for the all-around endurance athlete, someone that's doing maybe triathlon, some running, uh, things like that. Uh, as things progress and as things go, uh, I would like to roll out some cycling specific ones, mountain, mountain bike specific, uh, things like that, and then work it into a, uh, you know, the end season plan as well. So you have a, a strength training program the entire year. So I'm super excited to announce that. Um, I will be posting the details on that on my Facebook page, which is Conquer Training. Uh, I'll also be posting some things on my Instagram, which is Conquer underscore training. Uh, or Ryan Conquer is my personal one, but uh, super excited about it. It's really, really cool app that you can get everything through, uh, and the, the plans are gonna be extremely, extremely affordable. I really just wanna get endurance athletes um, using uh, strength training programs. Um, it looks like it's gonna be based around some functional movement, some kettlebell work, uh, some at-home work, where you since, because I know it's hard to fit more stuff into your training program. So you will be some gym sessions, it will be some at-home sessions, uh, some mobility work. It kind of covers the whole entire gamut. So please check that out. Uh, let me know feedback, because uh, this is the first additional roll, first rollout, and uh, hopefully it'll get better over time and we can perfect it with feedback from you guys. So check it out uh, and keep, stay tuned at uh, Conquer Training on Facebook or Conquer underscore training on Instagram. I'll have all the de details posted soon. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> There's no telling. All right, Drummond, we're recording, so. Okay, so, so my primary focus of what I do um, with my, my skills-based coaching 
Um, obviously, you cover the First basics. Off, what's the name of your coaching business? Winning Edge. Okay. Coaching. Facebook page. Same Winning okay. Edge. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of basic skills you need with cyclocross and mountain bike. I do mountain bike stuff too. Um, the basic skills, you know, how to corner, how to how to climb steep, loose climbs, how to do starts. All that stuff comes into play, um, and that's kind of the basics of what we cover. Uh, it, it gets a lot more in depth because I feel like there's a there's a huge mental side of it that's overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know what every coach out there does, but I know a lot of coaches will write training programs. Um, and that's absolutely necessary. You can't just build the skills and go out and win cross races because you still have to have the fitness. But, um, you know, once you build the engine, if you can't control what that engine's doing, it's worthless. Right. Um, it's like building a race car engine into a, a stock car chassis. You know, right. it's, it's, it's not going to work. It's going to go really fast straight. And then when you try to maneuver it, it's going to be a disaster. And that's, you see that in mountain biking some, um, it's not as bad, I don't think. Right. Um, I think with mountain biking, you can go really fast with really little effort on lots of courses because just of how to how to use the terrain to boost speed and how to corner smoother. Um, but with cyclocross, it's really bad. Like the course you race today, it's a lot of tight turns. Right. Um, you know, I, the way mm-hmm. I put it to a lot of people, if you can save a half a second in each corner, it's huge. That's a huge gain over one lap, and then you do five or six laps. And right. Then, if you could if you could execute that every lap and add that up, you're going to win by a long ways. Well, and a perfect theory. example of that today was the guy that ended up finishing right in front of me. He was as soon as we get to a flat or a slide uphill, he would hammer it and pull away a ton. And then every time we got to a real tight corner, I would get back onto his wheel. Yeah, we'd get to another open section. He'd have to sprint and jump to keep me from passing him. And at the end, he ended up beating me by like I was about a half a bike behind him. Yeah, um, but he put out so much more effort and to to stay away and when you and then there's you know in the cat five cat four you get where you can somewhat get away with that if you have the engine because the guy behind you probably doesn't have the skill set to make up for that Mm -hmm. if you get an equally matched cat three cat one cat two uh based on fitness and you have someone whose skill is 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 much better then you get to where you can't get away with that because you're burning a match. Every time you screw up a corner, you're burning a match because mm-hmm. you're hitting your brakes and then you got to stand up and sprint to make up for that, that poor line selection and that loss of momentum where, you know, a lot of, a lot of times I've raced with people that enter corners really fast and I'm like, well, they're cornering faster than me and then I'm right behind them exiting. Sometimes you slow down, slow down to speed up. It's right. kind of an old saying and, and it really works, you know, and you know, everyone always says smooth is fast, which it is because if you're smooth, you don't make that costly mistake where you fall or dab a foot or where you get way outside in a corner into the tape. See, we just, we just wow. saw someone make that mistake. <laughs> um, you know, it's all about efficiency for me. You know, go as fast as I can go by doing the least amount of work. Right. That, that's, the, that's the end goal and it should be for everybody um, because that's how you would win a race. Right. I mean, you're not burning several matches per lap to go that speed. Um, you're staying calm, relaxed. On those last few laps, you still have some gas in the tank. But, you know, getting that far into it is something that takes a lot of time. You've got to, to an extent, you've got to do it the wrong way to understand doing mm-hmm. it the right way. Um, but, yeah, going back to the mental side of it, a lot of it's, you know, I talked to you before the race about breathing. Right. Staying focused on your breathing. Um, that little bit, uh, it keeps you recovered. Yep. But it also just relaxes your mind. If your mind's relaxed, you make really good decisions. 
you don't think you're in this desperate situation out there because it's kind of it can take you away it gets pretty intense and the more you let your mind you know be consumed by that the worse your writing becomes and then you you know then you stop breathing yeah and then the fitness side you know you start running out of gas so there's a lot of little aspects that I've you know the people I'm working with I'm working on that thing and you know it's things I've learned the hard way I mean I've done I've done all these things and I've figured them out because you know you get situations where you've got you've got to think clear you know a last lap of a race you hit you know the most technical section of the course and you know you have to hit it perfect and in that situation most people don't hit it perfect because it's that you know you do but you don't have the mindset to actually execute the skills where taking a moment taking a breath before that section maybe even slowing up a little to make sure you nail that one section that could be the race winning move is a lot of what i'm trying to work okay. with. well and I, that whole breathing thing i thought about it so my first lap they have a sand pit here and cat fives you never know what you're going to get and i was maybe seven eight something like that back going into it and half of them wrote it half of them ran it mm -hmm. and the guy that ran it in front of me uh at the very end when he went to jump on his bike he came across me and put me into the tape and then my bars got caught in the tape yeah and then i'm chasing because like 20 people passed me but it was the whole like okay first lap relax breathe yeah. just get back on it and then you know by the end of that lap i ended up catching a lot and then i made my way up through the field as far as i could mm. you know but if you panic in that moment and yeah. go crazy mentally and stop breathing and try to catch it all in that first, you know, the next 500 yards, mm. you're dead. I was, I was actually, Jake Lasley and I were watching a, uh, an old cross race yesterday at the shop and uh, Sven Nice, mm -hmm. you know, if you watch and study what he does, I mean, sometimes that guy starts 15th place and you never see him panic. He could be 15th place, middle of the race, someone screws up jumps off screws his lineup he calmly steps off his bike and sometimes he'll even kind of get a walking pace then jog and get back on the bike there's never a panic and we're talking about it and i'm like well i mean i guess if you panic and you start sprinting around and you start yelling at that guy you don't get going any faster right i mean you it doesn't change anything energy. yeah you just you get all worked up you spike your heart rate and then you then you get on your bike riding that way and you start making more mistakes. Yeah. So it makes, I mean, I've learned a lot just watching the European races and studying what those guys do. Cause there's a lot of little things they do. If, if you've ridden, I'm not gonna say I've ridden at that level, but if you've ridden at a high level and you see things they do that you don't do and you're like, that's, that's mm. how that works. It's lots that, of little things yeah. at that point. And in our, you know, we went to Belgium last year for Masters Worlds and we rode on a lot of, like we rode at the training grounds where all the Euro teams train. That's called the forest. So yeah, those pictures were awesome. It's a really <laughs> cool place. But writing that actually opened my eyes to a lot of what I'm working on. I'm like, oh, these guys, they don't go, you know, they don't do a skill day where they go out and go on a field and just do some corners. They go ride extremely technical stuff, and and writing that stuff while doing a workout almost mm. it puts you in that race mindset where you're not thinking clearly. You're kind of redlined and you've still got to hit that mark. Okay. And that's what people don't practice that needs a lot of work. Um, so riding good mountain bike trails on your cross bike with some effort, not just, well, or and, I mean, and you how can't, do we simulate that here? I don't think you can still quite get that pegged mm -hmm. on a mountain bike trail, unless you're really skilled. You know, like when I lived in Oklahoma City, I could ride Draper fast enough that I was kind of on my limit of handling. Mm -hmm. um, 
we do we do a ton of training down on the river in the sand um, and the reason is we'll go cut some we'll go cut a loop or something and there's a rut that you have to stay in that rut because we'll basically ride it a few times to get the rut worked in because it's not rideable mm-hmm. otherwise and then we'll do like last time jake and i went down we did five minutes non-stop of that rut and it, it puts you into a vo2 effort but if you know if you get out of that rut it's going to get twice as hard and you don't <laughs> right. have the energy to do it at that point so it's you have to stay focused on riding one specific line so you're you're working that extreme bike skill while you're redlined interesting okay so and and i that that kind of clicked for me over there i was like oh well that makes sense why they're so good at this stuff because they ride in it while they're at that that it's just natural they're not out of their element when it happens so when you get in a race like last weekend there was a there was a sandy corner it wasn't sand pit but you know it took me a few laps to work a line into it and i was gassed when i got there every lap but i could hit that mark you know it's like you you go back to that once you've practiced it enough I could hit that mark every lap and ride and, and almost get a little bit of rest through that sand pit because when you do it smooth, it's not really that hard. Right. But if you if you mess up just a little bit, it, it gets, gets really real hard. hard. <laughs> so let's, uh, bef- look, I know you got some mechanicing duties for the, the crew out here today. So a couple of tips that you would say for, let's go flat out beginners or people that want to get better at this to intermediate people. I mean, today we talked, uh, you rode a first lap with me to kind of showed me how to go into some corners coming off this, uh, this piece up here at the top where it was kind of off camber and, and cut back. That was something I didn't know about going past the corner. So let's talk a couple of tips like that, that you can, that people can take tangibles away to, to get better. Um, basics for cross. Oh, I gosh, would look Taylor's up here. <laughs> I would work on dismounting your bike smooth and efficiently mm-hmm. so that when when you're doing it it's not like oh i hope i get this right you want to do it pretty cleanly um okay, and remounting. Let's, talk, let's talk about remounting because okay. i have the stutter step <laughs> and i cannot get rid of it because if i go slow i don't have it if i go at any pace yeah i have the curl hop and i don't know why or where it comes from well i mean basically what it comes from is you're you're not 100 percent confident in your remount and you're kind of afraid you're going to screw it up and okay. when you're going faster and you screw it up the consequences are higher so um, so how do you get past that just do it um w- well i could work with you or someone that knows how but when you know exactly how to do it you're not really jumping onto the bike mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of people kind of go wrong they want to like launch themselves onto the saddle I'm more, I'm more just push off my tiptoe because you catch the inside of your thigh on the saddle. Mm-hmm. You don't land on your butt mm-hmm. and then you just roll onto it. So it's not, you're not even jumping. So you just kind of, when you do it right, you push and that push pushes you forward. So you pick up a little speed because if you do it wrong and you just jump, you kind of, you, yeah. you stall out. And then when you hit the bike, it stalls out and you lose your speed. I think that's what I do wrong is I yeah. jump too high instead of just sliding It's just on. kind of a, a push and a swing your leg over. Okay. Um, and it doesn't, doesn't help because I'm taller because my seat height it's is all relative. It's all the same, so, right. Um, okay. Yeah. That's my, that kills me. Yeah, that's um, dismounting, remounting, and, and the way you run barriers, that a lot of time is either gain or loss there in, mm-hmm. the, in the beginner. So what about running barriers? What, what do you mean by that? just the just the process like the way you run them um i see a lot of people hop them like run kind of like a little Uh stutter step run and then jump when they get over them when really what you want to do and this being taller does but having a 30 inch inseam compared to you being six three or whatever is a little different i've ran against some short people that ran Uh them really fast so Uh you just got to lift your legs higher but you you more run through them okay so you're just running and lifting your feet when you get there so you're not hopping you're not bounding yeah and 
and it's you know you work on that dismount so you dismount as late as possible um, and get off at speed so you carry that speed obviously into that run mm -hmm. um, and then you remount as quickly as possible after so you don't lose this all that momentum i mean gotcha. it's all about maintaining momentum and and ideally not working too hard to rebuild that momentum gotcha and then the the cornering on the off camber that you talked about today was <clears throat> that helps so much and i noticed whenever i was doing it and ever all the they everybody in my race was doing exactly what i did yeah. before today where you just got to the corner you almost you feel like you're you're doing the wrong thing yeah, because you're the only one out there yeah and <laughs> they would try to like undercut me yeah and then i'm now i'm putting them in the tape or they're trying to push me offline but the, the cornering on the on the off camber of going past the corner and turning back down mm -hmm. to it was a huge help for me and that's that's a, a one that takes a lot of practice and it helps to, to work one-on-one -on -one with someone where you actually have that in front of you explaining mm -hmm. it you know you can kind of explain it but seeing it and doing it helps a yeah, lot they helped a ton um but yeah like i said running um starts are really important the pedal trick helped me today the pedal trick helps so explain um, the pedal trick real quick so the what what you do with your you have your you have your uh you know whatever side you're clipped into obviously you've got it slightly above level i don't okay. go level with it that way i just get because you don't need a super hard push because mm -hmm. all that does is kind of gets everything spinning too fast you want to just nice controlled push to get clipped in um, but i'll turn that the the pedal you're not clipped into you turn it perpendicular so it's pointed straight up when you're looking at it and then as you push through and that pedal rolls to the top where you're going to clip in it's flat so most cases it will flatten itself out anyway, mm -hmm. but it's always better to start with it flat. Yeah, that was a um, great little tip that I never even considered and thought about. And then and then gear selection is is really overlooked on starts because if you stay if you clip in perfect and stand up in too easy of a gear, you're going nowhere. Um, and you'll notice this. You'll see this in the Cat Four Five races and even into the three races. Not so much in the one two, but still some people. But um, you want to be in a big enough gear that when you stand up on it, you can actually drive that gear and go somewhere, get a few pedal strokes out of it. So that takes a lot of practice. Uh, courses vary. Last weekend we had a downhill asphalt start, and I, I, I rolled up in, in the gear I normally would start in because I know what gear I normally start in, and I saw that, and I, I clicked up a gear. And I, you know, I easily got the whole shot because, well, I hit my pedal well. That always mm -hmm. helps, but... I was in a big enough gear that I really built some speed into that downhill, just being in a taller gear. So and I'm so this today whenever I hit my start, I missed my pedal the first time and had to search for it the second time. But being on the seat instead of standing yeah. up, I never I didn't panic and I w I was okay. Except a few people got past me, that was fine. But yeah. it was still I maintained momentum and was able to get up to speed. So that was a tip that you gave me this morning was. Whenever you uh, take off from the start, stay on your seat until yeah. you get clipped, and then and that's, stand. And I won't, I won't say that's right or wrong. It's the way I teach it. It's comfortable. You can watch the World Cups, and half those guys are, are standing over their top two in the attack position. So, you know, people do that different ways. Um, I'm gonna say for the average Joe, staying on the seat's a lot better idea. Almost everyone. I mean, there's very few people that are gonna nail their pedal every, every time. time. And if you're standing, and you miss that. One, assuming best case scenario, you just have to reset. Worst case scenario, you smash into the top tube. So <laughs> yeah, that's not going to end well. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've whole shot many races missing my pedal two or three times on a start because you're still pedaling, mm -hmm. even though you're not clipped in. You're still propelling yourself forward. And the right. same, the same goes with remounting after barriers. You see a lot of looking down, trying to find the pedals. When just get on the bike, 
just get on the bike and start moving your legs and start turning the pedals. Most of the time, you'll hit them pretty quick and go on, but if you don't, you're at least moving forward. You're not just sitting you'll there find them eventually. trying to clip in. So right. uh, okay. anytime you're remounting, get on the bike and start moving your feet. And then the, the last tip before you get out of here was, I have never ridden sand pit before. We don't have it in any of our practice races in Oklahoma City, or we haven't this year. This is the first, it's only the second race I've ever done, so we got a big sand pit today. Mm. But give a quick tip for riding in the sand. Sand, you have to commit. Tiptoeing into it, um, as soon as you hit it, you're going to lose all your speed. So, But that's something you want to work into. Like I told you, I don't want you going into it full <laughs> speed. Um, staying in a rut. Mm -hmm. you know, And anytime you're in a rut, it's much easier. But you really, you've got to stay in that rut and you've got to look ahead because those ruts are going to go everywhere. Um, that was huge for me, was looking ahead. Yeah. Because I would, about halfway through, I would lose my line. But looking at the end to the rut I wanted mm -hmm. to go to, I would always end up in another one yeah somehow some way you well end up you're in if one. you're looking at that end point your body is taking you where you need to go yeah if you're looking straight in front of you that one that veers straight to the left you just follow what you if you're looking at the rut you just follow that rut yeah um you know you can go through a sand pit like that if you carry enough speed and like you said later in the day we probably won't pedal through it we'll yeah. probably come into it you know i'll sprint into it as fast as i can but i've got the confidence to do that because i've practiced in it a lot mm -hmm. um standing i won't sit down into it because if you're sitting and you hit a bump or something any anytime you bounce you know obviously it knocks you off balance um so balance is key looking ahead um not you know if there's a corner in the sand you don't lean into it because normally you lean into a corner but as soon as you lean into a sand rut your tires grab and it pulls you over so it's a lot of working your body back and forth to keep your bike upright straight um, but yeah, a lot of it's just commitment and and looking where you want to end up and focusing on that, because uh, as soon as you as soon as you break that focus, it's the over. commitment was everything. I think just... well, you saw it with one of the guys I was working with. Yes, he, I know he can do it, and he he blasted in there and crashed in the first ten feet. I, yeah, I was shocked at how many people didn't ride it. <laughs> yeah, and I'd never ridden it, and I was like, when I saw that when we came around on that practice, I was like, oh no, this yeah. is gonna be awful. But every lap, I just like. I carried enough speed, a comfortable amount of speed. Now, after doing it a couple mm -hmm. times, I would carry more speed. Uh, but just committing to that rut and knowing that you're at, you know, whenever we were there, there wasn't, there was only like two ruts. Yeah. If somebody's running right down the middle of them, you're yeah. kind of screwed. So you just got to just go for it. But uh, I never had a problem with it. So that was And, and always, you know, like with what happened to you, you know, it's, you go out on the course, you find, you find the lines, you work on the hard sections. You're like, all right, I got that. But once you've done that, come up with a plan B because mm -hmm. if you're not in the front, you don't get to dictate where you go. Right. Um, if you, if you're in, you know, the ideal line and someone crashes in that line, you got to move off of it. And it's it, maybe if it's muddy or just a technical off camber, you want to ride the course in a couple different spots. So you come into a sand pit in your race, you probably know that some, they're going to get off. Right. Not everyone's going to make it. Um, so you want to, you want to keep that focus on riding it. But as soon as you hear or see someone unclipping, unclip before you stop. And what I did with my guy, because he was in front of me the whole time, and I knew he was always going to run it. Mm -hmm. So we'd get to that top corner, and he would have the lead on me there. I would let him go ahead and gap me so I could see kind of where he was going. Mm -hmm. cause, and I would get back on his wheel right after the sand pit because he was running it. But I knew if I went in right behind him, yeah, I was going to be walking And that's too. a smart move. I mean, if there's something you know you can ride and it's something taxing like that, just letting a little gap open so you know you can ride it. I mean, you're just saving a ton of energy. Yeah. I mean, you're letting him go, but then if you know you're going to make it, you're right back on him, and he's just had to sprint through the sand. So. Right. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. All 
All right, man. Hopefully we'll do a round two again and talk a little bit more, uh, especially getting into mouth and bite season. Yeah. Um, but uh, so people can check you out on Facebook, get a hold of you. Facebook, um, message me or the or the coaching page on Facebook is probably cool. the easiest way. Okay. Um, we can go from there. I do, I do one-on-one stuff. I can do group stuff. Um, obviously for extra fees, I can travel. But in the Tulsa area, I've got a lot of really good spots that, you know, I'm fortunate in where I live that, there's a lot of spots really close to go work on some really, really good skill stuff. So yeah. that's what I do a lot of, you know, I'll meet people, we'll just ride, you know, I usually do about an, about an hour, anything less, it's hard to, to kind of go over it and actually practice it and anything more, everyone's getting kind of tired. So <laughs> right. uh, if, if anyone wanted to do a group thing, you, you know, you could do a three or four hour kind of afternoon yeah. deal. Okay. Um, but yeah. cool. Well, thanks for taking the time and good luck in the race today. Yeah, thank you.